a future author who needs to figure out how to start a book, as well as someone who has amazing experiences, one which you're about to hear <laughs> around the box from Mike Tyson, seeing it live. How many people have seen it? I know I can't say it. Anyway, let's drop it up. <laughs> With Sherry Goodall. answer ever. What do you mean? What does it mean? It means because people the- always say start from the beginning. Like I said, that's the worst answer you could give somebody because that's the obvious. So why would you say start from the beginning knowing uh-huh. that I get the beginning, but where in the beginning? Like, do I okay. talk about, you know, my childhood? Do I talk about You know, what is it that you want to talk about? And so Todd Uh, actually gave me a really good answer, which I I thought was a good answer. And what she said. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Before 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 I hear Todd's answer, I gotta I gotta give you my answer first. All right. (laughs) I'm listening. And then I definitely want to hear Todd's answer. So you know how um you know how you have those equations where somebody says like um, like, yeah, so should I wear the red shirt, the blue shirt, the green shirt? Like, which which one is the, it looks amazing? And then the answer is like, yes. Right? Right. Worst answer so, ever. No, it's not the worst answer ever. It is not the worst answer ever. It's the best answer ever. That's and good. the reason why is because you get to choose what that means. <laughs> All right. That's your opinion. <laughs> Wait a minute. I am me, not in agreement with you. Let me throw you on speaker. What'd you say? I said I am <laughs> not in agreement with you at all. I'm not in agreement. I think that's the worst answer. I can hear you loud and clear. Apple headphones, you already know what I was doing. Apple headphones, the worst. They died. You said what? They died too quickly. It's not even that they die. I don't have AirPods, right? I oh, have you don't? The earphones. And I'm trying to figure out, I cannot figure out for the life of me, how is it that Apple does not have a retractable pair of head fucking phones? How is that not? I don't know either. I mean, and it's crazy because I wish I had the money because I would literally invest every dime I had to make them and sell them because I know I would make a a great profit because I cannot be the only one who, like, when I take my Apple headphones out of my pocket, like, they literally are balled up in, like, 22,000 knots. And that's even if if you do it perfectly and put it in your pocket. It's, like, it just... There's like a headphone, not like genie in your damn. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm telling you, it's crazy. I'm going to do a little meme where it's like, uh, you know, a pair of headphones, uh, you know, just looking normal. And then like next to it, I'm going to literally take a pair of headphones. I might even just go out and like buy a pair, like find somebody's like cheap pair on like Facebook marketplace. Um, 
like six, seven dollars, and I'm gonna buy it just in as many knots as I can tie it in. Like, <laughs> like just to wear you know, like what like where you just see the, the headphone, like I know. the earbud part, I know. and then everything after that is yo. And I'm li- even if it takes me like like literally like a couple hours, I'm literally gonna do it just for that meme because that's how it looks when it comes out of your pocket. You're like, yo. So I don't right, know even if you it. wrap it up nice. That's not that's what I'm saying. Like I have no idea why they do not have a retract. And you know how you have um like I have a retractable um USB cable. Yeah. You know, with the little people. I'm like, how, how, like, I cannot be the only person on earth. Anyway. so No, you're so, definitely not because <laughs> I, I have gotten to the point that I hardly even use my, um, my AirPods anymore because, like, they die too quickly or if I'm out and I forgot to charge right. the case or something. So I'm more or less, I prefer to use the wired ones now exactly mm-hmm. that's like i'm so simple i am so basic when it comes to like i've had all the bluetooths that you can have all of the wireless ones and everything and <laughs> my be- my worst thing is that i always lose bluetooth you know and i be crying like, oh yeah oh i've done gosh. that too like that is like you really have a like you, <laughs> like yeah yeah like you want to commit suicide like that like because you be thinking to yourself like <laughs> Cause it's crazy. It's like you you get it right. You spend all of this money, you got it, and then you good, you got it, and then that one day you for, you like leave it somewhere and forget it, and you can't find it, and you're like, cause you just paid right. six hundred and seventy nine dollars right. for this goddamn thing, and it doesn't right. have way too much money. They should have like, um, and they probably have this now. Like it, this has to be the latest in technology. You know how like if your uh, if your iPhone dies. They, it still has the capability to, to do the find my iPhone ring. Yeah. Like they literally need yeah. to build, put like just one small little chip, whatever the hell that takes to do this. To your AirPods. To, to all Bluetooth earpieces that will get lost after the first damn two weeks. And then when yes. you find it, it's in your damn pants pocket and you don't wash the son of a bitch and forgot that it was in there and now you're just hoping that the shit works. <laughs> right, right. And, and you'd be happy as hell when somehow out of nowhere <laughs> it actually works. I've literally had like ones that have worked after being washed in like the really cycle. Yeah, it's crazy. But like I've, I've been yeah, wanting to be crazy. in I've been, I told somebody earlier, I was like, I, I, I put myself in like Bluetooth anonymous programs. Cause like you, like you just don't want to buy it. You get depressed. You get depressed. You're like, yo, I know. I just. That's why I refuse so, to buy anymore. I just use the corded ones. And then exactly. you look like you're so, like really old. Cause people be like, why you still got corded headphones? Shit, I don't give a goddamn. I look, I will, I will look 300,000 years old to like, like the thing is, these Apple headphones, they they like sound really good. Like I like they're they come with them, and like not a lot of earbuds that come with phones like really sound good. But these sound good, and then they're also good because the microphone. Like people are always like, "Yeah, I can hear you." Like, well, I love them. But uh, but anyway, right, right, right. Let's you let's get back to you and this. I have no uh, damn idea what it means uh, to start at the beginning. Begin. Listen, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. What you have? It's your. It's your. It's your. 
it's your choice. That's the thing. It's your choice where you start. There is no right answer or wrong Again, answer Again, that's that. the obvious. Okay, here we go, Sherry. Here we go. If you if you if if you never met me, right? We never met each other. Okay. And today, we're meeting for the first time. Uh -huh. Okay. What's what's the first thing you're saying to me? Hello. How are you? Right. So I'm like, hey, I'm good. I'm Aaron, and you are Sherry. That's what's up. Are you from around here? Yes. Okay. And you? Like, like around, around, like you, you live here now. Or yeah, like I grew up off of Hilton and Liberty Heights. How about that? Ah. Uh, okay, Hilton and Liberty. I'm so a West Hilton. Side girl. West Side. Through and through. Dive on West Side. <laughs> which is not too far from where I am right now. So I know this area. Okay. So, okay, cool. So you grew up, so that's where you're from. You are from Baltimore. You are from West Baltimore. This goddamn person just ran the damn stop sign that I worked so fucking hard to get in place. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh no. Yes, I'm on my block and somebody, I can't zoom in. I guess I can't zoom in, but they that ran the sign. damn stuff. I got, so this one was there. Yeah. And then I got, I did a cool video, got this, and the city put that there. They're running this shit. Okay. You can't save everybody, unfortunately. So anyway, Sherry, Sherry is from Baltimore. Sherry grew up in West Baltimore. Right. Um, you grew up with with mom and dad in the home, or just mom, just dad. I grew up in a two parent household. So Sherry lives in Baltimore, West Baltimore, to be more specific, and she grew up in a two parent household. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. I have. Uh, I have three sisters and a brother. Three but sisters, one, one brother. And a brother. But one of my sister died last year, and uh, my brother died several years, died right. actually many years ago. So right. now they're just three of us. Three sisters, one brother, right? So you, three sisters, one brother. What are you watching? Who? Oh, you got the you got the twenty four hour news cycle on. Oh, um, yeah, the TV is on, but I'm not paying attention to it. Turn it down. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. Hold on. For crying out loud, Herb. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. Crying loud. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so listen, you, you but this is the thing. This is the thing. Baltimore. This is the thing. And this West is the Baltimore. Thing. With two, you are with oversimplifying mom this. And with mom and dad. And with three, with four siblings, right? No, well, siblings. okay, so wait, let's be clear about this. So yes, I have four siblings, but we did not grow up in the same household. I am That's my right. parents' only child. That's cool. What, where do you fall as, as an age in this? I'm the baby. 
You're the baby. Can you tell? I love being the baby. I, I don't care how oh, old I am. I oh, still get to rub it into you, my sisters. You, you know how I could tell? Because <laughs> the this, baby is like, I can't tell my story because it's too obvious. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, son. Come on, son, son. No, what? How, how you figure? I, I, I figured because all I'm doing is repeating <laughs> the words that have come out of your mouth. So what I'm saying is I can understand that you all didn't grow up in the same household. Anyway, that's interesting. You grew up, you're the only child by your parent. I mean, by your, you're the only uh, child. And and, yeah, by your, so yeah. Yeah, my mother's only child. That's the right. way I usually explain it. I am my mother's only child and one of okay. five children. Um, okay of my father's i'm the baby right i'm my mother's only child too i'm at i'm her favorite uh her favorite of her children if you know what you say her favorite son yeah if you ask her. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i don't know whether to be like thank wait a minute that's obvious <laughs> <laughs> She could have just been like, I don't else. really like you. I just gave birth to you. Oh, well, yeah, that's true, too. I guess I had to be grateful, right? <laughs> so, right, um, right. so, yeah, I'm, For sure. I'm, my, I'm my mother's only child as well. So I know what that's like. I, that's, you know, I, I know at least from one aspect of experience what that's like um, having other siblings, but being my mother's only child, you know, so yeah, that that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. it makes a whole lot of sense to me. So basically, in a nutshell, what you have besides that, let me turn my stuff off. Wait a minute. So basically, in a nutshell, what you have what is have? Sherry Goodall. Sherry Goodall. What's your middle name? We are not putting that out in public, thank you. <laughs> we shall not. And you know my middle name. No, I know. So, okay, yep. I'm, Next. I'm at, okay, that's why I asked you. So that way, if, if that response was there, then Sherry flow, e. you can say that. Sherry E. Goodall. So, Sherry E. Goodall, again, Yeah, there's a Baltimore. whole story behind my middle name, but okay. Right? Uh-huh. She's from Baltimore. Mm -hmm. She's from West Baltimore, to be specific. She has four siblings, three girls and one boy. She's her mother's only child. Were you uh, mama's girl or daddy's girl? Big time daddy's girl. Big time daddy's girl. Still a daddy's girl. Mm. Yep. Well, that's another, that's another thing that I um, understand very well, because even though I'm not a daddy's girl, <laughs> I have a daddy's girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a daddy's girl. You're a mama's boy? Um, oh, you have a daddy's yeah, girl. Yeah, I have a daddy's girl. So I know what that feels like. I know what that's like, you know? Your girl dad. What? So, of course, because when you have that kind of relationship, 
then there's there's a whole lot to you know that that relationship as far as like you know who you all were and within that there's like some amazing memories you know absolutely so i can only imagine that so in essence you have we have just define your starting place. And sure, it was obvious, but at the same time, while it was obvious, it still is still very much who you are is what your story is. And, and it is very colorful. You know, I always say, <laughs> so the black girl magic, Sherry E. Goodall, you know yeah, what that's you about. You know what that's about. <laughs> right. And so there's so much color in your story. Already. Yeah. I'm I'm in West Baltimore right now and as we speak. I grew up between East Baltimore and West Baltimore. The place where you grow up, I know very well because I'm right around the corner from there now. And where I grew up was even right. closer to there. Because I grew up on the Bradish, North Avenue, Bradish, Baker uh-huh. Street. Bentlow Baker Street area. Boom. Right, right. So, you know, I, woo, I have a lot of memories, a lot of great memories with my um with my cousins, because my aunt lived in West Baltimore and my aunt, um, that was my mother's closest sister. And so I used to see them like at least every week, pretty much every weekend. Um, if I remember correctly, and I used to stay over there a lot, and I had so many fond memories, you know, and I also had some not so fond memories, but they were memories like West Baltimore is a, is a whole vibe, it's a whole lot. Of yeah, vibe. it is. So it is. Ways. So, so wait, where know, did you go to elementary school? Started off Lakewood Elementary uh, School, eighty-five. Um, what do you call it? Um, School 85, Lakewood, then Harford Heights um, Elementary School, East Baltimore, then Brims Lane and Bella Edison, then moved to the county uh, to Woodmore Elementary in Woodlawn. So I went to four elementary schools. So you never went to like Hilton or Ashburton or none of that? No. No, I was was East. Or LaMelle. You never went to LaMelle for middle school? Never went to LaMelle for middle school, but I know, that's the thing, because I know people, of course, I have friends and all of those, you know, that, that went to all of those schools. So yeah. I know, I like, I'm familiar, you know, and there was a lot, Walbrook and all these places. So you right. had, you know, you had a lot of memories, you know, growing up in West Baltimore, um, yeah, but I went to private school for um, for elementary and, um, you know, so I didn't go to school with the kids that I grew up with um, until right. I got to middle school. And honestly, even still, I didn't go to middle school with the kids in my neighborhood. Most of them went, we went to different schools, but it still was dope okay. as hell. Like we had the best neighborhood in the whole Northwest Baltimore. Right. Literally, like people still talk about our block. Like our block mm. was the shit. Wow. I and we're imagine. all still very close. 
Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't have brothers and sisters um, that were in the area physically, but the people I grew up with, we're literally like brothers and sisters. Right. We show up for each other's kids. We show up for funerals. We show up for weddings. We, you know, check on each other's parents to this day. We still are like that. Right. That's and that's ride the one or that, die, like don't roll up on one of us because then you gotta deal with all of us. That's just how it is. That's what these like in our neighborhoods when we grew up in these East Baltimore, West Baltimore neighborhoods. It might have been a lot of crime and poverty and and drugs and that kind of thing. But in the midst of that was a lot of tightness, a lot of togetherness, a lot of family oriented feelings like you when you're in the ghetto, like you you're looking out for each other because you're in this same circumstance. And of course, you know, you got the flip side of the coin, too, where, you know, because that's the case, too, you you know, you got more people that um, are dealing with um, you know, poverty, which pushes them to do things, you know, against each other that's to, to, to compete for resources and that kind of thing. But, but yeah, the other side is there's a lot of deep love in the hood, you know? And so that's why I was saying the good times, right? Because there was so many times being with my cousin and him with his friends and us all together where it was just, we were all playing together. We all like were tight and having fun together. Everybody was looking, everybody was looking out for each other, you know? It was just, just one big like family, you know. You represent, you know, your family. You represent your neighborhood. So, um, so yeah, I get that. <laughs> I can, I can imagine the stories that you, whew, that you have from those times growing up. Yeah, 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 yep. I love those guys and and the girls I grew up with. It was mostly boys in my neighborhood. Um, probably about a dozen boys and about four girls, maybe okay. six, if I had to count it. But yeah, when I first got to go out to the club, I had to go with the guys from the neighborhood. My father was not allowing me to go to the club, definitely mm-hmm. with my girlfriends. He was like, nope, it was a certain group of guys in the neighborhood. He was like, you going with them? All right, y'all look out for her. when I was old enough to go out. So mm. And they did. That makes sense. A lot of guys, you know, they look out for you like, they look at you like a little sister. You know? Exactly. 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 Neighborhood love. Yep. So, you know. Lots of love. Lots Lots of of love. love. Lots of love. Lots of stories. You know? So the question still remains, which story do you start with? <laughs> congratulations. So Congra- that's con- what we con- were talking about. Con- congratulations. We just did the answer before you asked the question. And when you go back and listen to this video, then you'll just listen to the answer all over again. Here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing, right? And then I and then I want to hear what 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 you were gonna say next and what uh Tide's uh um what Ty told me. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. You just asked the question and it was after we just answered it. We answered it experientially because once you really look at it and you just and you just think about like everybody has a starting 
city that they live in. Everybody has a starting area that they live in. Everybody has a starting um, situation that they live in, you know, as far as their, their living situation. Everybody has a starting situation as far as just their, like their childhood as a, as a concept, you know, um, within itself. Everybody has this when it comes to things within their childhood, like the branches on that tree, like, like school, you know, school's a whole life by itself. Um, outside, friend, right. outside and friends, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole life by itself, you know. And then if you do stuff like if you're involved in activities and stuff like that, or sports or anything like that, then you just got like your family life, you know, and you got, and that's a whole deal. Um, and so everybody has that. And then from there, you know, everybody has the next level of that, which is young adulthood and starting to go through, you know, understand, you know, starting to think about who you are and your identity and, you know, the kind of things that you're into and your preferences. And, you know, you start making some different choices and everybody has that. And then everybody has, you know, going from there to starting to try to put together, you know, your life from there in the form of like, you know, trying to figure out how to make your own finances and that kind of thing. So you can, you know, start uh, building, find out, figure out how to, you know, pull your own finances so you can start building and, you know, owning your own things, having your own space and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. We, you know, everybody has that. And then everybody has like, you know, just, from there, here we are. We're, we're right here. Like, we're literally right here in this in this same life. Sorry, it's just like, bottom, now we're here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so everybody has that. All the, everybody has the present moment, you know, which is just like, this is, the story continues. The story right. continues. So... So the thing is, you know, um, your all you have to do is just answer the question in the same way that we just did. And one way of doing that is that <laughs> we might even chop it up once a week where you're just telling me about, you just like literally bringing me up like this, like you just, let's just keep talking. But the main thing is you just need to talk. Okay. All you need to do is talk. There is no starting place. There, the, the, the starting place is your life. Just like if you if someone asks you right now, who are you and where are you right now? What are you living? What are you doing? You can give them a list of things because that's just that's a reality. And so you we've had several, you know, <laughs> realities happen, you know, over the course of our life. And that's just the different periods of our life. So you just you just You've answered that. We've answered the question. We've answered the question. Right. Right. Yep. We've answered the question. Right. And we've, and we've answered it by just jumping into it and, you know, and, and that's, that's wild. I didn't, I actually didn't realize that uh, when you got to, 
Wow, that's that's very much like my experience. I'm thinking, daddy's girl. Ari is a daddy's girl. Who's that? Mm-hmm. I was the only child my, on my mom's side, so that has a particular kind of like I'm I'm talking about it a lot, you know. Even right. just in this way, even even as I'm talking and I'm, you know, and I'm I'm going live on Facebook and stuff like that, like. I'm just reminiscing and I'm talking about how like, man, it's interesting growing up where I was the only child by my mother, you know, that has a particular kind of experience that there's a lot of things I value about that. A lot of things that's interesting about that now that I'm learning as far as adding like another side to my life that wasn't there, you know, before, cause dad wasn't, you know, dad wasn't right. I grew up in a single parent home with mom. But the one thing in all this, like it's taught me a lot and the one thing that I have definitely is a lot of, I could sit here and talk to you for the next, <laughs> I could talk to you right now, it's, it's 7.23. I could talk to you from now to 9.23 for two hours straight, right. just on like growing up with Cheryl Lawson stories. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting time, and probably so, longer than that. Exactly, I'm. You're right. I'm literally being modest because yeah, like when I just when I think about, I mean, first of all, like I just told you, right? You asked me like what elementary school, and I just real I didn't even think about the fact that like I knew it, but I never said it out loud, like that. Yeah, I went to four different elementary schools, which that has a particular kind of experience because you're moving around a lot. Right. And for some kids, that can mean a not so good experience. For me, though, now that we're talking about it, it's interesting. I think it actually is what makes my experience so diverse in a positive way because it didn't affect me in a negative way, like how some people, their kids move around a lot or they move around a lot, you know, due to the circumstances. And, uh, you know, it's, and it unfortunately has a negative effect. I think mine was actually positive because I went from East Baltimore, like East, East Baltimore to like a, like a little bit more so Northeast to then West, but County West. Which and is a whole then, experience in and of itself. Let's just start that's there. That's what I'm saying. Because Baltimore, my, East and Baltimore and West Baltimore are not alike. Right. Not alike. Exactly. They don't look alike. The vibe is not the same. The people are a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a whole different, it's almost like, it's like East Coast and West Coast. Like it's, it's a different vibe. People move in a different way, East and West. Right. And then let's Um, not even talk about like South Baltimore. Right. South Baltimore has a vibe of its own too. You say Cherry Hill in Baltimore, and people already know. Right. It's a whole different. It's a whole different vibe. Or like if you go like south, you come down like near the harbor, which is an interesting thing because now that we're talking about, it, I'm like, wow, that that again, it makes sense why I'm so diverse of a person because I've experienced drastically different areas, and I and I've like soaked up. I've learned a lot about life and and people and different things because of being around different people from different walks of life because 
now I think about it, yeah, East Baltimore, West Baltimore, then West County, and then farther out, all the way then as far out as Rice's Town. And, but then right. as life went on, and, and then I would get a job in South Baltimore and be around a lot of people in South Baltimore between the harbor um, and, and Cherry Hill. So I have like, yeah, and then then to move from there then to be in the Jewish neighborhood for three years. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have that much experience. It's funny because Baltimore's yeah, but just, Jewish um, community is well known. And I didn't realize, like, growing up in Baltimore, you know the Jewish neighborhood. You know about Pikesville, right? right? Um, people know that, like, as a historically, you know, traditionally Jewish area. But it's funny, I met somebody one time through work who was from New York and he's, he was a New York Jew and he was talking about high holiday and this, that. And he said, um, do you know um, where the Jewish neighborhood is? And I was like, yeah, I go there to get my bagels. And he was like, where? And I said, Pikesville. And he was like, you know Pikesville? He was like, I know Pikesville, I, I love Pikesville. And he really knew a lot about Pikesville because he had heard about it. Yeah. He had been through there, but he didn't really know people. Like, I, I didn't get the sense that he knew people like close family or relatives or anything, but he like, he was like, oh yeah, in New York, we know in Baltimore that Pikesville is the Jewish neighborhood, which makes mm. sense. And, and Upper Park Heights, Upper Park Heights, right? Cause he knew right. the JCC and all of that. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting to me. Because New York's a big city, so why are you checking for Baltimore? You know what I mean? Because Baltimore, he knew, he knew the key Baltimore, places. and this is why. Because <laughs> Baltimore is number two as far as the, the largest Jewish population in the U.S. and is only second to New York. Oh, well, that makes sense. I never knew that. Yeah. It just was home to us. Right. I didn't know either. I didn't know either until I want to say really until until like 2016 when I moved in that area, like in like in the Mount Washington area. Yeah, and I was and I was already used to like I was used to Park Heights, um, but I but I hadn't been and I was used to Pike some some of Pikesville. But not deep, deep in that Pikesville area, and then and then all the way down to Mount Washington, and like living in living in Mount Washington and already being familiar with Pikesville deeply, and then Park Heights as well. I was like, whoa! I was like, wow! Like this is a very, very large population. I did not realize. And yeah. then when you, and then when you're like in the neighborhoods, and you go past you go down streets that you've never gone down before and you see like the different synagogues and the different, um, you know, places for, for different kind of events and that kind of thing. You're like, wow, like you just, you just don't realize it. And even the but houses. Like, yeah. Right. I think if I'm. Cause they build not, the, uh, I forgot what they're called, but the outdoor like porches that they build particularly during the holidays. Um, okay. I cannot oh, yeah, think yeah, what yeah, they're called. There's a name for it. Like the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. like the nativity scene type type of type of. Uh... No, no, but a lot of times, if you if especially if you go through 
like over like Rice's Town, um, what's the cross street? Oh, a country, um, country was a country boulevard, old country boulevard, country something. Gotcha. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I believe I like uh, just above Mount Washington. So if you go over there, you'll a lot of times you'll see they build on the side of the house. They'll build right. like an outdoor porch, but it's like a temporary right. porch. And I forgot what it's called. There's a name for it, but they build that during the holidays. And my friend, he explained it to me. I don't remember now because it's been a yeah. while. But <laughs> you'll notice in the neighborhoods, like just the whole, everything is different, especially in the Hasidic Jews. You know, right. you, it's different. Well, let me, but I think it's beautiful. Let I me love tell you, it. Let me tell you, this This is about to really trip you out. Because as you were trying to explain that to me, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about, like more than you could possibly realize. And the reason why is because <laughs> one of the funniest things, <laughs> one of the funniest things that used to happen <laughs> was when I lived in Mount Washington, when you drive down Greenspring, right? So you know where... Uh, Quarry Lake yep. and Bluestone Park. When you drive down, down Greenspring, right before you get to the end of the block, and you you probably actually seen the same place. This might even be one of the places you have in mind. When you, right before you get to the end of the block, on your left, there's a house that's facing the street, and it has one of those um, porches, and they have a lot of decoration. And like you said, it looks really nice. I think this is probably this probably would be one of the well-known houses in this area. But like the 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 decorations were so elaborate <laughs> that when I drive past, I used to think that there was people outside like sitting at these tables that they had because the 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 things look so real. Like they went in on these decorations. They were so real that like I used to look over there and I used to literally think there was people like outside sitting at this table. And it used to really confuse me and I'll be going by so fast that I, you know, and one day I realized that it wasn't, these were decorations, but they look like real people. Like it, that, it was, it was pretty deep. Oh no, I haven't, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. I had okay. To take a picture so when I'm, day, when I'm back, you're going to have to take me past there or take a picture or something. Yeah, for sure. So, for um, sure. so that makes, that makes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But I think, I think the number, I got to remember because the the stats that I looked at has been a while, but something comes to mind of like 800,000 that I think that they wow. said of Jews were in that area. And I think, I that think, makes sense, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and like, and look it up. I'm going to Google it. But the point is, yeah, like I just, but that was a whole experience. And I'm going to tell you something. It is. And this I did, I literally, so I used to, when I was doing my Move Mondays, uh, my Move Mondays, like, live stream, um, I would be outside and I would be walking around the neighborhood. And one um, episode that I did out, in fact, I'll tag you, you know, I'll put you, I'll send it to you. Um, one episode that I did, I was talking about how much I appreciated the Jewish culture and living in that area for those three years because I absolutely, absolutely absolutely love the way that that they are as like a, a family structure and family units like when when I was when you would see yeah. them out especially you know on the Sabbath when they 
you know, weren't driving. Like, I was literally like, man, we, <laughs> I was like, we can literally utilize that same ritual. Like, literally just don't drive one day a week and just trap, just walk together. Because I was looking at how much family bonding was happening. Like, yeah. how much, yeah. how much it was very much like, like a very good, these very good customs and traditions that really right. are very village oriented and really and really family oriented right. so i did a whole live stream about it like my whole moon mondays podcast was just about like we could really learn something you know from the way that they are yeah. culturally well you know i i mean i definitely i i admire um jewish jewish culture i admire yeah. the history and not so much right. the history as it is the the fact that they've been able to pass it down um and i would go so far as to say even jealous of the fact that they can pass down their history you know yeah. um i i was just watching something last night they were talking about like the history of tv and how it evolved in terms of the storylines that were being told on different shows and things like that and they were talking yeah. about in the 90s there was um the movie um schindler's list have you ever seen right. that I don't think I've no. I haven't no? seen Shinless List, but now that you mentioned it, I, w I will. That that definitely. If you ever get a chance, if anybody people, who watches this, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's the story of this guy. I think his first name is Oscar Oscar Schindler, and how um, he saved a lot of Jews during the time of the Holocaust, and he hid right. them and he got them out of of the country and stuff, but just like the history of it, mm -hmm. it aligns so much with us as African-Americans and being taken, you know, and enslaved and in a lot, a lot more ways than I think people realize. Now, mm -hmm. granted, our story is our story, but there's so much um, similarities in it, if right. you will, that I always thought that if black people, Jewish people and Hispanics, if we all teamed up, oh, it would be a whole different country because the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is where we are a majority. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's really interesting. And uh, well, I guess we did because, you know, Donald Dump is not the president anymore. There you go. So, there you go. <laughs> so that part. <laughs> so I'm a. Uh... You know, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm loving this conversation, and and I'm sitting here thinking about what you mentioned earlier, as far as that is. You talking about somebody who's envious. You got a chance to watch Mike Tyson, like, actually in real life, and like I, when you mentioned earlier that uh, that the Tyson fight was on tonight. First of all, I didn't even know that Mike Tyson was back in the ring. That's how far away I'm removed from boxing. Like, right. I used so to. my understanding <laughs> is that because I'm a I'm a little out of the loop on this too. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just gonna say that I didn't even know that he was in the I ring, and I thought that he, um, I thought that he, uh, well, not thought. I knew that he was out of the ring, and I was gonna say that I used to catch up on boxing. You know, back in the day, but I don't really uh, keep up as much anymore. 
Right. So he's fighting Roy Jones tonight. Um, oh wow! Now somebody told me that it was a um, it was a fundraiser. So I'm not really sure. I'm looking right now, and I don't really see. But um, it's definitely tonight. But um, wow! I saw Mike Tyson. Um, it was. I don't remember. I want to say it was Buster Douglas. Um, yeah, let me see. Knockout first round. I think it was Buster Douglas, but whatever the case was, I just remember I was so excited to go with my dad and my uncle to see this fight because, you know, right. Patty's girl. I was hanging out with my dad and my uncle. I thought I was really a big girl at that right. point. And um, we went to the fight and I never forget, I had to go to the restroom and the fight hadn't started yet. And they were like, okay, first round, the fight was starting. I go to the bathroom. My uncle goes to the concession stand. We come back and the fight is over. Hmm. When I tell you my oh. father and my uncle were cursing a storm, they were like, we spent oh. all this MF money and the fight, he could at least let him stick around mm. a little longer than the first wow. <laughs> They were so upset. And I was just like, wow, okay. But I didn't understand like how much money it costs to go to the fight. So I was like, okay, y'all mad because like the fight is over. Are you mad about the money? They were mad about the money. They were mad about the money for sure. Oh so my anyway, God. yeah. You know, but I really funny, like boxing. Yeah. Wait a minute, hold on. This what? is hilarious. Did did you did you say that you also went to the concession stand too, or you saw the fight? I went to the restroom. My uncle went to the concession stand. Okay. Everybody missed the fight. So I didn't even see the fight. So, so look. We missed the fight. Here's the funny part, though, because I never thought about this before. Do you understand how many stories? Do you know? I understand how many people's story this is. Like. Right. <laughs> because most of the time, just like when you go to the movies, that a lot of people do decide to go like to the concession stand like early on um mm -hmm. after they get their seat so it's like oh my god i want to start a podcast just Missed called, the whole like, damn fight <laughs> i want to start a podcast that's just called like like i missed the event because, because just because of so many events that like i mean so many uh boxing matches that was like that oh that's funny so yeah, yeah, that's that that makes yeah. sense to me. But but yeah, as a kid, you had no idea. You like, wow, is it really that serious? No Until idea. You realize how much it costs right. to go there. Right. And so it's funny because right. you want the boxer. I mean, you you would if you're rooting for the boxer, you I mean, that's the ultimate, like that's the best you could ask for. But <laughs> if you're going to watch it, right. And you go to the but then I also learned right. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> funny. Like, but, but, okay, so again, being the daddy's girl, I learned about the the politics, the money side. Like he started explaining to me why it was almost like, it was, all, it, it's, it's kind of effed up that you knock somebody out in the first round. Cause if people are betting on it, right? And you have to think back, this was before like legal betting was really happening all over the country or even online, like online wasn't an option. People were betting in Vegas. 
You know what I'm saying? So if people are betting money and they're betting big money and he gets knocked out in the first round, you know how much money was lost and how much was right. made? Like, because right. nobody, I don't think people really expected him to knock somebody out in the first round. And if it had gone longer, people probably would have like not lost as much money. But yeah. do knock somebody out in the first round which when you think about it and you really start getting into sports, you can see how games and fights and things can be thrown because, you know, there's right. money riding exactly. on. Exactly. You know, exactly. like what round somebody gets knocked out, like, is it going to be a knockout or a technical knockout? Like there's money riding mm -hmm. on that legally and illegally, right? So it's a big mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. It is the broadcast. A, you spent all this money to broadcast a fight that got knocked out in the first round. What? Right. It is a huge deal. I mean, to be honest, you know, it's like it's one of those things where you just kind of have to. If you're gonna watch sports and you're gonna actually try to enjoy it, you kind of just have to accept that to that to a certain degree, what you're watching is already decided and, and and that kind of thing like you you kind of just have to accept that because the, literally the name of the game is money right and right to some degree especially for a lot of people it's an investment and yes okay all it is is just like another version of a casino Whereas, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Whereas, like, yeah, to some degree, you can kind of go in there and based off of chance and based off of serendipity and these kind of things, you can win some money. But then, you know, you get higher, higher, higher. Like, there's yeah. a whole other web, you know, controlling right. who wins and how to, you know, that kind of thing. And that, and it just is what it is. Honestly, people know that to some degree, if you're a real deep gambler and you just, you just accept it and what you decide to do, I swear this is fucking crazy because this is life. If you really think about it, what you just decide to do as a gambler in a casino is you just, you know the game if you're in on it, if you deep in on it. Like if you're a real gambler, you know the game. But you just decide that you're going to go ahead and just enjoy your experience within like the game even though the ultimately you know it's a game, but you just decide like, yeah, it is what it is. I can't change that. But what I can do is just enjoy what I want to enjoy within this thing, you know? And I swear, I, I would even go as far right. as to say, like, to me, that I would even, I would even say that to me, that's like the, the thing I would, that's the thing I kind of feel for people that ultimately feel like life or like this, this world or the, or everything else is being controlled or some kind of other thing. It's just like, look, even if that is the case, the fuck are you going to do about it in 60, 70, 80 years, except right. for just enjoy your life, like enjoy the things within it that you love and that you enjoy or the people, you know, or the activities or, you know, what have you. <clears throat> and then try to do something to the greater cause to change that. You know, right. That's it. That's I mean, shit. Yeah. What else you gonna do? 
Not unless much. you believe, unless you believe you're coming back to this joint to keep working and okay you know if that's the case then listen if i come back i'm starting over as a whole new being with a whole new like everything's new everything i'll be new okay that's and not that i hate the being that i am but i mean if you're gonna come back like the whole point is to experience some other things so if well, i'm a black female right in uh-huh. now i'll come back uh-huh. as you know something else i don't know well, let me tell you this. I think everything you just said is, is totally cool, right? Um, you said um, the whole point <laughs> is to do that. And I'm going to add to that. The whole point is to do that if you make it the point. So. Right. Well, if <laughs> so, you believe in reincarnation. Well, even if you do, it's still the way you just explained it. It's still like you can't, you have your version of it. Because some people like, 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 I don't know, like, and th- like, look, I was literally opening my car door. When you said that, I shut it and got back in my car. I was like, oh, shit, this about to, about to go some places because, because it's an interesting question. It's like, you, you immediately said that you would, you know, your, your thing would be like variety. So it'd be like, okay, I did this this time. I want to experience something else. And that's an interesting perspective. And like you said, not that you negate your life that you live, but yeah, for you, the variety. I wonder, because I don't, I don't, I would, I would say like, I probably would at least, because of the fact that like, if, if, if it's, you know, because of this, this lifespan and at max nineties, you know, so I'm 38 now. So what's that? 50, 50 years. That's a, that's a good amount of time. You can get a lot done in 50 years. But like at the same time, every day my my vision of things gets bigger and bigger. My education gets bigger and bigger, and so therefore, I become even more fascinated with life on a day to day basis. To where, and then there's so much shit to learn. And then and and because I'm addicted to learning, right. every time I learn more, then I realize how much more there is to learn. And then I, it happens all over again. So I almost feel like 50 years wouldn't be enough for me in this experience. And I probably would at least the next couple come back and say, like, still the same, just continue on this with this same everything. So it's interesting. That That's like, it, it, it makes sense to me. It's just interesting how, you know, you can have it's different uh, uh, perspectives, like, like on that. On, on like what would you do but if see, you came somebody back, like you, know? you yeah but somebody like you is probably the explanation of people that live you know beyond a hundred years and are still thriving and in their oh. right mind like i tell people all the time they think i'm joking but i'm dead ass dead ass Son, that's about time you dead ass. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. i want wait to be Wait a minute. Hold on. I got some. Do we have? Do we have? Cel- but they need to put like, they need to put like filters and celebrate and like buttons where you can celebrate and throw confetti in Zoom. Like Zoom, update this shit. Cause I needed confetti. Oh, that would be. Cause dope. I needed confetti right there. Cause that was the first time you cursed, and I was like, when the fuck is she gonna curse and stop saying, effing this and 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 the f that. <laughs> <laughs> So you, so well, you, you know, the the sherry that Aaron knows is not the sherry that everybody knows. And so. that, and that but is why we are here. How, listen, I'm dead ass. Okay, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Listen, I'm all Clarence. Here. Listen, this is what it's gonna be. 
<laughs> I am going to be on the Smucker's jar because I'm going to be at least 100. And I'm going to be on the morning news on Good Morning America where they're wishing me a happy birthday yeah. because I'm going to be at least 100 or older. I can see that. Like that's, I can see that. It's the craziest goal ever. That's my goal, to be on the Smucker's jar and be celebrated on the morning news for turning 100 or older. So, you know, I'm going to tell you something funny, right? So what? I was and looking good, making it look good, by the way. Right. I feel you. And I, 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 you know why I believe that? <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you why I believe that. And this is literally just like totally left field from, from like, I guess you could say, in a way, I think it's left field from anything you would ever, you know, think I would say or hear me say. But I'm literally saying that because it's some wild ass thing that I don't even have any reason to believe other than I'm just like, for some reason i just believe it uh i think you're definitely gonna be at least 100 which means i think you're gonna live three years longer than me because first i was at a, a baltimore farmer's market one day right just a regular day and when i was coming out of the market there was this old woman that was there that was like um she was like you know can i you have a few dollars, you know, and, and I was going to give her some money anyway. And she's like, you know, can I do a reading? You know, I'm a psychic and I got that. So she said a bunch of stuff that was like, you know, it was like, okay, like, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, in addition to just asking for my $3, like you, you at least wanted to, you know, make it seem like you were <laughs> doing something extra in return for the favor because it's right. bullshit you talk about now but in it but in the midst of that she said to me she was like you're gonna live to be 97 right and it wasn't connected to anything everything else she said was just like it, it was just you know it was vague like kind of obvious kind of like yeah okay but I didn't care about any of that. I actually was happy that I connected with this woman because I just, I was having such a good time. I was with my family we were coming out of the farmer's market. I was having such a good time that like, I literally wanted to stop and speak to this woman and give her money and just, and we hung with the woman for a second. It was just like, just a vibe, right? And out of everything she said, for some reason, I believe that that's the one thing that's true. And it's, and it's like, and mm -hmm. I literally, and I literally have no, like, I don't believe she's psychic. I don't believe, like, I don't, like, I have no reason to believe it. But for some reason, I just believe that that's true. And and we'll see. Wow. If it's not, it's not. But it's just interesting to me how I connected with it. And that's right. in this place of, like, like, you ain't selling me no bullshit. But for some reason, she, and she just. That stuck out for you. It just stuck out for me. And I was like, and then, you know, I thought about how cool that would be. I mean, I thought about, like, that would be a long life, you know. And everything, but it was just interesting. So ninety-seven. So we'll see. <laughs> and, right. then, and and and, this, and here's the other thing. For some reason, when you just said, "I'm gonna live to be," I'm gonna be on a news. I actually believe that to be true. With for some reason, which is why I connected it. And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So this would be that'd be kind of dope. That'd be interesting. I think. Yeah. No, I think I'm, you're gonna at least. I'm really serious. And, Oh, I, I yeah. for some reason I believe that it's true. Like I really believe that's true. So if you live, no, I believe it too. Like that's the thing. Like, yes, 
yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm still gonna be like in my right mind. I'm gonna be, you know, physically capable. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be that little like oh, 100 yeah. year old lady. Yeah, like I, I already see it. Like in my mind, I already right. see it. I love it. My aunt, so you know, last year, um, I lost three of my aunts and one of the aunts that died last year, um, she and I would talk all the time and I would always tell her, I was like, you know, um, the devil has been after me for a long time trying to take my life and he can't have it. And she, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, as I got older, we talked about that because the reality is there've been several occasions in my life when I should have been dead. And, she, and one of the mm-hmm. first ones, she was there, she saved my life. My, my mother gave me a piece of hard candy one time. And she thought, I, I think I was like, she said like around four years old or something, but she thought I was old enough to be able to have a piece of hard candy. And the candy slipped down my throat. My mother mm-hmm. panicked and was like running around like chicken little, like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Uh... What are we gonna do? And my aunt snatched me up, turned me upside down by my ankles and like, hit me on my back and that's mm-hmm. how she made it come up and so I always tell her that had it not been for her I might not have lived as long because my mother freaked out right, right, right. so wow. you know there have been several occasions that being the first where like I probably should have been dead um but mm-hmm. I'm convinced I'm gonna live to be a hundred I'm gonna be a hundred and I'm gonna be in good health and good mind I actually believe it. So cheers. So how do you say 100 in, in Spanish? I forgot how you say it. Actually, man, that was my I first. Don't know. It's, I know it's a centurion in English. Cent, cent something. Well, cheers to 100. I, I was French as well. And uh, it was a high school. It became my favorite oh. language. I actually want to. Francais. Okay, we're not. Yeah, but we're not gonna do that though, because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna literally, man. I'm literally gonna know one word, and after that, I'm be like, yeah, I'm potato salad. <laughs> mm, yes, no, like nothing is gonna actually match what you're saying, because I ain't gonna know shit. <laughs> but do you I mean, find do... that you understand French better then you can speak it because I still understand it like if I hear people speaking French sometimes I can pick out parts of the conversation and I haven't used French in a forever right you know it's funny I don't know Sherry because I actually haven't now that you said that now I'm going to literally go to YouTube and just listen to some people speaking French just to just to see because I haven't listened to people speaking French in so long but it became my favorite language um, over Spanish. Um, I took Spanish from kindergarten on up, and then I took French in ninth grade. And I just, I just fell in love with the language. I just liked the way that it sounds. So I always said it's that I want to go back language. and learn French. Well, that's what we have to do, Aaron. We have to practice French so we can speak to one another in French. That works. That works. Okay. <laughs> I also so, like if. If I hear, you know, certain um, parts of Africa, they have like a French dialect and stuff. Right. So sometimes like I understand what they're saying. Right. It seems like you probably would understand because of the the inflections, the intention, and probably certain words that, that sound similar. 
I mean, I, I, do you think, would you say that that's the case? Like, like the, the, because when I think about language, right? So language is one of those, one of my favorite subjects because it's so, so deep and wide as far as nuances. Like language is, is very complex and nuanced, just like the brain, right? Because, you know, you have sounds, you have vibrations, you have gestures, you know, you have movements, right? You have, mm -hmm. then you have inflections and intention and pitch and velocity and tone and dynamic, you know? And so, you know, all that goes into what creates communication and what creates language. So I almost feel like that even though you haven't spoken in a while, it's not just that you remember, it's uh, you remember it on multiple levels you have so many different neural connections yeah, for to sure. it so you recognize the inflections plus intention plus pitch plus tone plus dynamic plus right. sounds of words and syllables and vowels you know but i tell you it, it's i think and that i remember latin i took latin too so oh nice so i remember a lot of stuff because of latin Right. You yeah, know, makes sense. Latin is the mother language of everything. So yeah, I think I think being bilingual is one of the best things that a person can do too, because you know, when you learn another language, you really do build a lot as far as your brain. You know, um, so I'm definitely excited about going back and learning French. Everybody at this point should learn Spanish because of just, you know, the state of our world and how, right. you know, how we've converged. Because, like, I remember in my, like, when I was in Ricestown, I lived in a neighborhood where it, it became frustrating um, because there were a lot of people there that did not speak a lick of English. And because I didn't yeah. speak a lick of Spanish, it would make like, you know, certain basic communication, basic things that we need to do, you know, make it tough to come to communicate or whatever, make it complicated. So I was like, yeah, I need to go back and shed on my Spanish. You know, it's just, it just makes sense. Like we all need to be able to communicate. I mean, that's, that's the foundation of how, you know, we work together to do anything or, or, you know, drive together, especially in these times, you know, now that with Donald, yeah. as you said, Donald Dump, I, that's the first time I ever heard that. Donald Dump. That was funny. <laughs> Let me tell you the quick know. story about that. Donald oh, Dump. Oh, so now you, now you, you want to tell stories. Now, now you want to tell stories. Now you want to tell stories. Okay, tell, tell your story, Sherry. Thank <laughs> you. I just, had to, I just had to accentuate it. I just had to accentuate it. See, I told you, it's not hard for you to tell stories, but that's why we're going It's not hard for me to tell stories, but that doesn't equate to writing a book necessarily. This is how you write a book. This is the thing. The good thing is you don't actually Books have, have chronological write. order sometimes. Not like this. Sh anyway, Sherry, let me tell you something. Right before you tell me this story, I'll let it go right after this. Right before you tell me this story, because you got to hear this. If I was if I was a person who could like make the rules at this point, I wouldn't let I would make a rule that an author could not write a book 
until they told their entire story and everything that they wanted to say in a book this way first. Like it would literally be a rule. You could not do it the other way. And and the only reason why I say that is because this is writing the book times 10. Because first of all, you telling your story gives you the ability, like, and that's why I was saying there's no such thing as a starting place. Because you being able to just tell stories allows you to cover your whole life in so many various forms of audio and video. And then with what we're doing, that immediately connects with people, which means that ultimately every author's highest goal is selling their book. If you want to sell your book, tell your story. Literally, if you want to sell your book, tell your fucking story because then what happens is then now the book becomes more than just a resource for like, I don't know anything. Let me start from this place. For some people, it's, it's, it would be that because some people would just be, would just encounter an author just at that book place. You know, just at like, you could be walking by, somebody could be yeah. walking by your book stand and they're like, oh, wow, you're an author. They beat you and you happen to be a nice person in person. And they're like, oh, wow, you're an author. I'll buy your book because I just like you. Like, you're just cool. But then other people though, you want buying it because they know your story. So for them, it's a keepsake. It's it's signed. It's it it's you they have a piece of the woman that they know from the author that they know from the author of a, a hundred videos of like all this fascination of a life journey. That's the that's this is the book. That's the uh that's the uh the, the signed right. autograph copy. This is the book. It's just that we didn't have this before, so we didn't have right. this option. I can accept that. Yeah. I can accept that. All right, so go on and tell your story. It's not as impactful now. Forget it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, it's probably not even going to be funny now. But anyway, my cousin is an elementary school teacher. And one of her, yeah, it's not even funny anymore. One of her students, they were talking about the, um, (laughs) that is the story. I'm telling you, yo, this is the story. So she was, she's an elementary school teacher. They were talking about the presidential election. And of course, you know, the kids, they're talking about like, you know, how elections happen, et cetera. And the one little kid in her class called Donald Trump, Donald Dump. And, and she was just like, did you just say Donald Dump? And he was so self-righteous with, yes, Donald Dump. But it was obvious that that is the way he learned it, which means that's what his family was saying. Because, oh. <laughs> you know, kids only repeat what they've been hearing at home. Right. So, yeah. So ever since then, my cousin is like, yeah, Donald Dump. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, that is yeah, see, It's not hilarious. even funny now. It is. That was hilarious. I just did you. Did I, oh, wait a minute. No, I'm just minute. kidding. Where, where's the goddamn rewind button on this damn thing? We need like, we need like TiVo style rewind. <laughs> so now we need confetti and rewind. I'm telling you, at least confetti. We need confetti Do you understand? And now. Think about it, Sherry. If I was able to hit a confetti button, that means that when you when a person watches this experience, it adds even more to it. It's like it's it's live in the moment. I know it would be kind of dope. 
you know. But Zoom would be there. They'll, would they'll, be add, they'll add filters and all of that. Right now, they're just doing a great job. No, Facebook will everything. do it. That's what's going to happen. Right. And then Zoom will follow. <laughs> so, um, yep. yeah, but but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, because this is, you know, this is this is it. This is this is television, Sherry. This is the this is writing a book, Sherry. This is lecturing, Sherry. This is writing an article. Do you know how many? Um, I did an article response video called um, "How to Stop Interrupting," right? And I just did it in my own journey of like getting better with that, right? I just read an article and I decided to read the article and then read it live and then tell my thoughts. That's me writing my book, so to speak. Um, this video has gotten so much mm-hmm. love and so much traction on YouTube. And But what really hits me the deepest are the people's comments. Like people are like, you have no idea how much this video helped me. Like, I'm so humbled by what you said. I mean, by, by your, your thoughts on this. Like you helped me realize that I was, I thought, I was letting my girlfriend speak, but I realized I was interrupting. People being like, I'll follow you forever, like like deep stuff off of this. And it's just off of the fact that I did it, you know, in this way. It's this is everything, Sherry. Like this is everything. I would literally make it a rule that an author could not actually come out with a physical book until they did it this way, where they because this is the part that connects you to the source. This is the part that, remember all, you know, how I always say like, I see you as like a girlfriend's girlfriend. Like I see you as a girl's girl. I see you as like just that fun person that like, Sherry is just your girlfriend. Like she's just, she's she's that cool girl. You know, she's that cool woman that, that you just like hanging out with. <clears throat> and hearing her stories, hearing her experience, hearing her laugh, like you know. And so, well, thank because, you, Aaron. Yeah, and so because of your, uh, how you doing? All right, because of your, um, you still your, outside? Yeah, I'm in my car. Yo. I'm in my office. You see my junk? In my office. You got late night to, office hours. My next, my next video is like my mother gets pissed every time she. <laughs> Every time she opens my car door, she gets pissed because of the amount of stuff I got in here. I have to convince my mother that this is not a car. It's a mobile office, and this is a desk. <laughs> it just so happens to be a junkie I desk. I understand. It's a mo- like, and so I thought about it when I left Montebello today. I was like, I need to do a meme or do a, a, a post that's just like, yeah, the entrepreneur's car. Like, your front passenger seat is it's not a seat it's a desk that you just happen to be able to sit in from right. time to time like when the stuff is is moved off the desk <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> my my trunk is like that's storage that's office storage you know that's a closet plus a trunk plus like a, a treasure <laughs> chest a dresser you know what i mean like like my my cup holder like oh. that's a that's a part-time dish rack you know what i mean Stop, I can't. <laughs> Not to dishrack. <laughs> Not to dishrack. When did an office have a dishrack, sir? 
Oh my goodness. You, oh, so you got the you got the expensive office that's got like the dish rack and <laughs> it's got a little kitchen area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that's the life that's of funny. an entrepreneur, especially a traveling entrepreneur. But uh, yeah. So, so listen, this yeah. is what I had um, to tell you. Okay. Okay, so you trying to get off. You ready to go? No, keep talking. You ready to go? No, keep talking. Okay, so listen, you know how you were telling me to watch that movie? Um, you were telling me to watch the movie. What was it? Um, um, Black, Black, the Black Godfather. Black Godfather. So I still haven't finished it because I've been watching it, and then I'll stop and get dressed and come back and watch some right. more later, whatever. But anywho, there was a part in there where they were talking, and um, and they were talking about. Do you remember they were talking about Al Heyman mm. and the Bad Tour? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson wanted wanted um, Clarence to do the. Uh, the bad tour he didn't want to do it then they started talking about al Heyman. so remember like i don't know if you remember i told you like when i was in um school i was a runner for um one of the the concert promoters and it's so funny because i was a runner for al Heyman's one of his i guess competitors which was dimensions dimension entertainment so i used to be a runner for for dimensions and yeah wow so when they said al Heyman, i sat up i was like i know who that is wow and <laughs> so what, it was and interesting what, to see that because what's a runner do hmm? a runner oh man a runner is basically a, a gopher you are the backstage gopher and it was fun though i mean i was young so it was it was dumb fun because all I, I mean, I had to be there like when they did load in. So you're there probably like a 12, 18 hour day. It's a long ass day, but it's fun as hell because you're there, you see load in. So, you know, I'm staging and production. You learn the back, the, like the back side of the stage. Right. You learn, um, you know, well, and maybe, I guess all runners learn that, but you do know like the load in time, you know, where the green rooms are, where the dressing rooms are, stuff like that. If the production crew needs tape because they ran out of, you know, electrical tape, you got to go get it. My experiences were fun though. Like I was on the tour when T with TLC. So I had to take their, um, their, their costumes. I had to take their costumes and get them dry clean because when they're going from like city to city, if they're in Baltimore tonight and DC tomorrow and Charlotte after that, you know, they don't really have time always to wash clothes and stuff. So a runner is the person that's going to grab the clothes, take it to the dry cleaning or bring it back before the show is over. And my job was to know based on wherever we were for that concert, right. like I had to find the closest dry cleaner. Um, I remember one time for Patti LaBelle, we had to get roses because it was on her rider. She needed roses in her dressing room. Mm. And it was a certain amount of roses and they had to be red roses. And it was a Sunday and we, I, I, somehow or another, I convinced the store, I went to a Safeway store and convinced them to get the florist and to pull these roses from me. Wow. <laughs> like, my job serious? depends on this. You must get them. <laughs> oh yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was so crazy. And the thing is like the, 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 um, the, 
like the higher ups, they try to give you bullshit yeah. stuff that they're like, they're never going to get this done. Like it's, it's kind of like being pledged yeah. at some point because they will give you shit that's just like real bullshit that you're like, that's not going to really happen. But the thing about that is that you got to know me, like failure is not an option. So I was like, oh no, this is going to happen. So then it started becoming, okay, give it to Sherry because she'll get it done. Mm. You know, mm. but yeah, I mean, oh, I remember seeing crisscross riding bicycles. They was riding bicycles or big wheels, some sort of bikes backstage, backstage with Maxwell. That was crazy. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, we just, I just had so much fun. So much fun. I, I met Brian McKnight. I mean, yeah, being a runner was dope as hell. Like I had so much fun. And you got paid like okay money, but when you're young, like some money is better than no money. But then the right. fact that you kind of are backstage and you're getting to see the show from a whole different perspective, like it was just right. dope. So envy, I have a, I have an envy number two for you. Envy of because you met Brian McKnight and Brian McKnight yeah. is like He's probably one of my number one like R and B artists, like like that style R and B artist, mm. or like that that particular era. Yeah. Because uh, at eighteen, I fell in love, and his album Back at One was like soundtrack of my life at that at that time. Right, right, right. I get it. Yep. So like, so here's the here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Yeah. Okay. So I need you. I need you to make me a promise, and I, and I okay. and uh, and I'll tell you what it is. Of course, you know, you know, you, I'm not saying that you you have to agree to the promise, but you have to agree to listen to the promise and possibly consider okay. it. All right. So, hey, Autumn. So, one hundred is your number, at at the very least, right? Mm -hmm. 100. I'm listening. <laughs> 100 is your number at the very, very least. So, what I... is to do 100. To do 100 experiences it could be a podcast it could be you know whatever i mean you know you know how it is it's all the same now 100 before you even put pen to paper for the first time to quote unquote write a book 100 what like videos of or these like experiences oh, okay. 100 of just these experiences like this of just, and it doesn't have to be in the same, it doesn't have to be a one type of experience. I'm just saying okay. 100 experiences of you telling a story or stories, just 100 experiences. Some, some of them will be one story that goes through several experiences because it just take a while to talk about it. And then some will just be encapsulated in one experience. And then some will be like how, this experience was where you've gone through at least five stories. <clears throat> One 
100. Here's why I say 100. That's your number. <laughs> but I say 100 because I think it's a really good goal for you. I think what will happen, and you is, I, I really think you would see what I'm saying, where once you, once you just start flowing in this way and just when you get comfortable, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be the greatest. You're actually going to be like, you know what? Like at some point you might be like, yeah, yeah, I could, this is not only is this like, I probably could go to 200 doing this because your stories are so deep and wide. Your life, your experience is so deep and wide. Do you understand by being a runner? Now it makes sense to me the even why the way that I see you and like your gifts and that kind of thing. And, and even as I was talking about uh, one day we were talking about you at DTLR and I was like, that was the greatest experience for you. Cause I saw the diversity it gave you, but I didn't even know about this, the runner piece that makes sense. You had diversity on top of diversity on top of diversity. Cause being a runner, <clears throat> like you said, you had to learn, you got a chance to learn a bit of every aspect of the equation. So you learn so much that a lot of people don't know just from one position, one of those positions, you know? Yeah. And then same thing with DTLR, like the amount of roles that you played, even within your role, like it made you so, so diverse. And we'd, and, and that's just career life. Like, right, so right. what I'm saying is I think 100, I think, and it's not saying that like, you know, like even if you say, even if you decide to use this idea, it's not saying like like you know you, you gotta kill yourself in vain. 100. Like not that it's it's, but I think what I what I think that you should focus on doing is covering your life and your life stories in this way in a large volume and large capacity. I think you should worry about that and not worry about writing a book right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the books, your the book will be written. Like at some point, mm -hmm. just this, as well as when you start writing like physical posts, this stuff, you hand this stuff off to a transcriber later. Like hand hand it off. Right, right. But tell, but live the story, live it this way, and just have fun doing it. Like the thing is, again, you know. We come from an industry where you you didn't have you only got one shot or maybe a couple shots to like if you were an author to to have your story be heard and encapsulated so that somebody could get it or hear it all in one spirit or buy it or what have you. You like you didn't have that many options. So you had to just figure out like, okay. I gotta write a book and it's not starting because this is my first time and I don't really know where to start and I have some feelings about certain things and I don't know if I want to put that in there or not and then I don't know if people exactly. will care about this and I, but this is why I don't like but, when you oversimplify it and say start at the beginning pause, Sherry, because everything pause. you just said but Sherry but here's the thing you don't have to go back into that because here's the thing that's not the world we're living in is the whole is the reason why I was saying all that so you don't have to get upset about that. You don't, I'm not upset, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to then make your mind go in another direction because that's not the world that we live in. So in essence, if you just, and this is how you need to handle this. This is your best friend. Like this is actually the biggest gift you could have. 
just now in this conversation, you told at least five stories that were not in chronological order, correct? Right. All you did was just talk about the first thing that came to mind. That's all you need to do. In a conversation, Aaron. Yeah, which is why we're going to have conversations where you can do this at least 50 out of those 100 times. And then the others will just be you just like, yeah, like this is just what I do. Like I'm, oh, snap. This thing, I just rolled past this this place and it reminded me of this. I, I got to hit live. I got to go live. I'm just driving in my car. I got to tell y'all about this time when I was blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just saying 100 experiences of sharing sharing about sharing that's funny. and then what okay. you're going to find is the first thing everything that an author would the author's bottom line is selling their book and getting their story out first of all is getting their story out and 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 that by means of selling their book that's what every author wants that involves people and people being interested. It's just that back in the day, the only way you could get people to be interested was to say, hey, hi, my name is Sherry E. Goodall. I'm an author and I have an amazing book. Will you please buy it so you can hear my story? Because we didn't have a way, because we didn't have a way to sit down with everybody and go, okay, I know this would be fascinating to you, so let me sit down with you and talk to you about the time when I saw Mike Tyson, especially since you're a Mike Tyson fan too. And then the next day, the next person, hey, let me tell you about, we didn't, like, there was no way to do that. Now there is. Right. Now you can communicate with everybody, which means that you're living in a perfect time to be able to now sell a billion books because of the fact that you, people know Sherry, they know her story. I, I, I remember one time, and this wasn't too long ago, because I just started thinking of this way in like 2017, maybe, maybe, maybe 16, 17. And it was like, I, I started saying, you know what? I started seeing where CDs were going, right? And I was like, and CDs were still hot, but I was looking at, industry and starting to see streaming services and everything and i'm like that makes a lot of sense and i literally before my eyes i knew that even though i was sitting here in front of all these cds that they were ghosts they were gone it's just that right you know so what i started saying as an artist was like i cannot depend on the that the normal formula that's that's you know where we're at the, you know, for all of our history up to date, where I got to just try to make good music, put it on this thing, and then try to get people to buy this so they'll then experience it. I was like, I got to switch the role of what this CD is in the equation. It has to have a different role. It could still be valuable, but it no longer has value. It's not going to have value from the perspective of somebody being like, that's the way I consume my music. And um, that's the way I trust in your brand to, to invest in you. That's not going to be the way. Right. And I started realizing the CD 
should be turned into like an like an artifact, like memorabilia, like just a keepsake. It's this is just a piece of me that you're going on with. And it just so happened to be that the bonus is that if your house or your car is your car is old enough, you know, and your house you happen to buy, like if you just so happen to have a CD player, you can also enjoy this keepsake <laughs> that right. Too. But I had to switch to do the same thing. Because your your greater asset, every story, like imagine if instead of like I'll give it this is the last thing I'll say. Um, imagine if instead of selling a book as one whole book, imagine authors could just sell chapters too. Like right. this is the this is right. that. You make twice the money. And then imagine is imagine instead of just selling chapters, you could you could just sell pages. Right, right, right. Especially for certain books that's that's real valuable, like it's chock full with stuff in one page. And then imagine instead of selling pages, you could just sell the the, the stories within those pages just the moments and you just shift when the moment shifts. Like you like as an author, if you could pass, this is the version of that, and then this is even better because right. in that equation, people would just be buying a book. In this equation, people are not only going to buy your physical hardback book, but they're also going to vote for you when you decide to be a part of something where you need people. You need like people who. You need their their currency in a different way. Like you need this. They all. This is going to be the same people. Not just buy a book, but also invest in your campaign when you're like raising funds for something else you're doing in business, or for coming to you for services, or for like hiring you when when the world gets back to normal so for you to speak. That this is this is this is that. So it's like, and and that's why you. Uh, Doing it this way, I think, is is the way to go, and you don't have to feel insecure about it because that's an incredible opportunity for it to come more to life, for it to pop even more and be even more vibrant. Because now you can talk to the author right. along the way, and when she finishes talking about the Mike Tyson story, instead of having to write her after you read the book and tell her you also love my text, you had a similar story, you could just comment to her and in like 48 hours, whoa, she, she'd be like, she'd respond to you in the, in the comment section. And be like, it's, it's bringing a book to life. It's a three book. So, all right, enough, enough. I, know, I know I'm going in. <laughs> I know. No, it's a dope concept. Yep, it's a new way to write the books. So yeah, but um, but yeah, one one thing that I want to do with you is at least, and hopefully we can stick to this schedule, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. I don't like saying things and can't stick to it, but if at least once a week, I just just tell me a, just tell me a story, tell me something I don't know. Okay. Deal. Deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>